0: Hi, I'm James Crichton, and this is Actors on Process. Today is Monday, September 9th, 2019, and my guest today is Kyle Beltran. Kyle just finished a summer at the Williamstown Theatre Festival, appearing in both A Raisin in the Sun and a new play Before the Meeting. Maybe you also saw him recently in Blue Ridge at the Atlantic Theatre Company, in The Cherry Orchard... On Broadway at the Roundabout Theatre Company with Diane Lane, as Lysander in A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Delacorte Theatre in Central Park, or as Usnavi in both the National Tour and the Broadway Company of In the Heights. Kyle is a tremendously skilled and nuanced actor, equally comfortable in both musicals and plays. When watching him, it often feels as though you're a fly on the wall spying on a very private moment. His singing voice is so smooth, so effortless, and so, so good. I have been a fan for many years, and it was such an honor to have interviewed him. I hope you enjoy today's final episode of our first season of Actors on Process. Once again, I encourage you to subscribe, and if you'd be so kind, would you leave a review and a rating? If you have any questions, comments, or requests for guests next season, or anything at all really, please feel free to write me at actorsonprocess at gmail.com. You can also follow my personal Instagram account, at James underscore Crichton, for up-to-date information regarding the podcast and when we'll be back for season two. And now, without any further ado,
1: Kyle Beltran. And we're off. All Hi, right. Kyle.
0: Hi. So here we are at the beloved Ripley Grove Studios. Where I
1: have bombed many an audition many auditions. years.
0: Many even on this floor. <laughs> yes. We're on the 10th <laughs> floor in the recording studio. I always have to set it up for everyone. Yes. Good um, sense
1: of location. It's of good. course.
0: Well, let's not waste any time. Let's dig right into who you are. Okay. And I always love to start off by asking you to paint a picture. And I would love for you to talk about where you grew up and who you were as a
1: kid. Okay. You know? I grew up um, outside of the city in Westchester County, sort of all over the county, and uh, but I went to high school, middle school and high school in the city, so I sort of had a combination of both su- sort of suburbia and the city in my life. Yeah, um, I was a really, really uh, like curious, imaginative, kind of precocious kid. I was an only child, so I had to do a lot of entertaining myself mm. and... Uh, just always loved to perform for anybody who would yeah who would listen. Loved to kind of play make believe and um, uh, love to sing and dance. Was so in love with music. Were Very you one of those on. kids
0: who like if somebody said to you like, hey, right here, right now, sing me a song?
1: would you Yeah, do that? Or you yeah, song? I was. But you know, I was gonna say like there. There were sort of like chapters of my life, I think, where I was a little more shy than others, but definitely really young. It was like, I was really (laughs) happy Mm -hmm. being in the center of attention. And my grandmother, uh, my grandmother's mother, my great grandmother who lived with her was sort of like a captive audience. So sometimes I would go to my grandmother's house and just kind of plop my great grandmother in a chair and, you know, like put on an entire Michael Jackson album, dance from start to finish. For sure she would clap, and then I would start it at the beginning. Let's do it again. <laughs> do it the again. reason I ask
0: is because I have a very vivid memory of my grandmother taking me to, like, a Boston Market on Long uh, Island. Yeah. And, like, and being she, like ha- well, she happened to run into a friend. She was like, this is my grandson that I tell you about. Stand in the corner and sing and Tomorrow for Manny. R- r- right. And I was just, like, so horrified of it. But you sort of just felt You're like, oh, okay. okay, this is my yeah. moment. I'm yeah. taking I'm it. it. I'm going to take
1: it in Boston yeah. Market. Yeah. And everybody, of course, is just <laughs> like... What's happening? Please stop that boy <laughs> from singing that. Yeah, um, yeah I, lo- I love to do that. And I loved I, I loved to read. I loved books. I, was, I started reading really early. And I loved movies and musicals. And um, I was just kind of like a like an artsy kid and a consumer of those things, like pretty, pretty young.
0: Yeah. I mean, were you like a big Disney kid too? I or? was a big Disney kid. What was your favorite?
1: Oh, man, that's tough. Probably, yeah. honestly, probably The Lion King. Yeah. I feel like that was sort of like peak for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but like I grew up on that stuff, you know, like on Aladdin and for sure. Little Mermaid. and
0: Mine was Beauty uh, and the Beast always. It was uh, like if it was on, it was like I'm sitting down and yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. I sort of like just couldn't get enough. I think that's, you know, part of, like I said, being an only child is like you're always looking for sort of stimulation and even though I was like a really social kid I also spent a lot of time with adults you know mm-hmm. so um that was kind of like a big part of my life too is yeah being around grown-ups and pretending like I fit in Fit in. <laughs> I
0: also identified I feel like was like a hundred year old man yeah so like, yeah yeah. Totally I got it well what
1: about um in high school
0: were you in the school plays yeah. like how did you get your drama fix
1: I you know I was I did so much theater in high school and I was really fortunate to go to um a high school called fieldston and riverdale in the bronx which has a really 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 excellent theater program and i had a teacher named claire Matola who runs the program there who is really like a mentor for me and uh remains like a dear dear friend but i did so many plays and musicals there um and not just that i like directed a show yeah. there and i did an independent study in directing my senior year and um was really it's just a great place to kind of nurture like a lot of creativity and I was also a very um academics were super important to my family and I was a really good student and kind of an overachiever and really always really interested in like language and reading and writing and history and that was a a place where like all those those things could kind of exist together I always
0: Um, champion high school in the sense that I think it's the only time in your life when you can do it all
1: yeah yeah, it's a time when everything is encouraged
0: and I always I so resent when teachers are like sports or this because I love that it's like a time when you can go to key club run to do the drama play at night you can like I think it's such a a great time in your life to experience it all totally
1: and I do remember like I remember there was a time when I sort of had to choose like swim team or or plays you know and I was like well plays plays um what but, was your favorite some, one that you did? Probably, I did the Who's Tommy when oh. I was a sophomore. I was Tommy in the Who's Tommy, and that was like an amazing experience. Wow. It was an amazing experience. My school is kind of like, it's so badass that they they do sort of a lot of, I mean, we did some, like I was in Bye Bye Birdie yeah. op- opposite um, Condola Rashad. I don't know if you know her. No. She's my best friend from middle school and high school. <laughs> so we did a lot of theater together, but we were Albert and... Rosie in eighth grade no. together. Yeah. <laughs> that is <laughs> which is blowing amazing. my mind a little bit right now. Um, there were actually, there actually, there were a lot of people there when I was there who kind of went into the thing. Like I did um, Midsummer Night's Dream in eighth grade there that Condola was in and uh, Teddy Bergman was in. I don't know if you know him and um, Jake Silberman who was in the the Assembled yeah. Parties, is that the name of that play? Yeah, right. at Manhattan Theater Club. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, he was like
0: the son, and then... Yeah, yeah, he was
1: mm-hmm. he was Lysander oh God. there. When he, I think he was like a senior when I was in eighth grade or junior or something like that. Wow. But anyway, it was just a... Uh, you know how it is, like high school theater is everything. It's just, it's just, you learn so much about discipline and ensemble and, you know, those like tech weekends where you're like all like, you know... Till midnight. Till or, midnight, and it just feels like the most magical, intense, amazing thing. Nothing could be better. Nothing could be better. And it's really, it was a huge part of sort of my, my love for the thing. Yeah. Yeah, well,
0: developing. Well, you talked about um, academics as well. hmm And so I wanted to just segue, because I understand that you started off at the University of Pennsylvania. I did. Where it was hoped that you would study law. <laughs>
1: yes. And it was, was so the drink. Like, that was a family dream that a family I dream that you followed through with. That I followed through with sort of like, you know, I, I always my family was always v- really really encouraging about my love of the arts and yeah. and me doing it and, um, but at the same time I think really for my mom the idea of like a backup plan was so important, important. you know, uh, which I totally get you yeah. know it's not something that I subscribe Take, like, to yeah but like I totally understand why parents feel that way yes <laughs> because it's terrifying um at, it, it's sort of strange because at the same time that my mom was sort of like you should go to law school and be a lawyer she also was really the person who kind of got me into the business because I started as a commercial kid mm-hmm. actually I, when I was like three four wow. this child psychiatrist came to my elementary I mean to my uh, preschool And they were doing like a video on like child rear, I don't know, you know, like kind of a how-to psychiatrist thing about raising kids. And they did a segment in this video about make-believe with me. And they like came to my house and they sort of filmed me playing with my parents. And like, you know, I had a little stove in my room where I would like be in a, you know, cook six-course meals. And I had a tent in my room, and I would like pretend it was raining. I had, a, I had a little toy dinosaur that I named Jill after my mom. So I'd be like, "Oh, it's raining, and Jill the dinosaur can come in, but there's no room for your mom, sorry." Does this photo <laughs> like, still exist? It exists, but it is lost. Like we had it at some point, but it's gone. It's gone. Damn it. But I know I wish I did. I wish I still had it. But someone on the set for that said to my parents, like, "You know, he's really comfortable in front of the camera. You should think about." Him trying to us. find him an agent or something so they they had a family friend come and shoot you know pictures of me in like the backyard and sent it out to a list of agencies and I got my first agent when I was like four wow. and grew up sort of auditioning for commercials and doing like you know Nickelodeon and Chuck E. Cheese commercials yeah. and wow. so she's sort of response it's like a weird thing that she was <laughs> like don't platter. do it but also do it yeah. do it you know wow. <laughs> um but they they just encouraged me to be the best student I could be, and I and I loved it. You know, it was I, sort of like a big source of joy for me too. So, and I and I was in a Fieldston's like a great but also kind of complicated place where uh, it's it sort of rooted in um, it started by the Ethical Culture Society, and it's sort of rooted in being the best sort of citizen of the world that you can be and mm-hmm. sort of being a morally, you know, uh, responsible, civically-minded human being in the world. Um, and there's a lot of emphasis on, like, environmentalism and, like, all these amazing things. At the same time, it's, like, a pretty competitive, you know, private school environment. So mm-hmm. there is that, like, achievement thing there, too. And I think it's that that thing is a little contagious, obviously, like, in our society, feeling like, I gotta, whatever, of reach course. meet whatever bar. So it was very important to me and sort of my family to end up in the Ivy League, and then I got there yeah. and was so happy there. Like oh, so were. socially, I was like, I loved Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I had so I had so many. Um, UPenn is so big, so there's a lot of different kinds of people. I had lots of different kinds of friends, and yeah. but there was just this moment when I was like. Oh, maybe I should like sleep in past my history lecture this morning because I have re- a cappella rehearsal and I want to be in good voice. When you start to realize like your priorities, priorities are, are shifting. shifting and that like once you kind of achieve the goal of getting there, you're sort of like what's sustaining me here, here you know, and my passion was always for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, it's kind of it, it's a. It's a strange thing, because in retrospect, if you asked me, I would say, well, I never thought I wasn't. There was no moment when I thought I wasn't gonna do this. Be an actor. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just, I just also sort of was on this other track Journey, for a yeah. while too. Wow. So yeah, you were
0: not kicking
1: and screaming on your way in. To I was not an kicking and. <laughs> no, I was kicking and screaming. I, I unfortunately, my mother passed away my senior year of high school, like right before I graduated. So that was devastating and also. Um, it's such a kind of whirlwind time. You're, like, getting ready to... The all, all this, like, yeah. the yeah. most,
0: hectic time in your life. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, I can't imagine. Thanks. That, yeah, it's a
1: weird transitional thing. Yeah,
0: I still, you know, even just, like, now, I feel like the week that we're recording this is, like, back-to-school week, and I always get a little bit of, like, the jitters <laughs> that I can't even imagine yes. that transitional time. I
1: know, leaving home and leaving is, my dad. and right? Yeah, it was very surreal. So, you know... I feel like then once I got there, again, like I was so happy, but I also was doing this kind of grieving and I was doing it in private in a place, in place where like I didn't, I was meeting all these new people. people. So I was not surrounded by people who really knew me. You felt comfortable. And, and, but then like, you know, like alone, I was like having to deal with this really painful stuff. So it was, it was, it was kind of like a year that felt like 10 years in one, Uh you know? Yeah. But when I came home from, spring break of my freshman year I was sort of talking to some of my friends who had done the conservatory thing Condola being one of them because she was at CalArts but I had some other friends at NYU and I would listen to them talk about their experiences and just die of jealousy like I just thought my rib cage was going to (laughs) crack from the ache Uh you know and I sort of gently broached the subject with my dad Uh and was like, how would you feel if I thought about transferring? And at first my dad was like, you know, how could you ask me that? You know how important it was to your mom to to like see this through and, Uh you know. And then I sort of like, you know, I sort of (laughs) acquiesced and I went away with some friends for spring break. And my dad called me, I was like sitting At a restaurant, like with some friends, and my dad called, and he was like, "Actually, I'm okay with you doing this, and we have like a lot to talk about. So, like, call me in the morning." And that started this very fast.
0: Yeah, as you say, you better hurry up. Yeah, it was very (laughs)
1: fast, and luckily, my dad called Condola's mom, Felicia, who has sort of been like a real like fairy godmother in my life, Mm -hmm. and. I always say, like, my dad had, like, a chink in the armor, and she shot the <laughs> the arrow. <laughs> but, I love that. But, you know, he sort of called her for her opinion, and she was like, you have to let him go. This is, like, what he's meant to do. This is, like, what he's called to do. And y- you have to let him go, and it has to be Carnegie Mellon. Wow. And she actually called the school and got me an audition past the deadline, because at wow. this point it's, like, you know, far into the school year. Wow. And she sort of said, like, the only favor I'm asking is that you just see him, see him, consider him. And so I scrambled to get right material, excuse me, I'm joking. <laughs> Please, joke. Um, is a big, exciting uh, instance. So yes, oh yes, we got him to choke a lot. Um, uh, yeah, he, she, I like kind of scrambled to get material together yeah. and I went and I auditioned and I remember getting there and just being so in love. Like I was like, I can't believe there's a place where everybody loves what I love. and At they the do level. It. Yes, yes. It, with this level of passion and mm-hmm. skill. And that they do it all day right. long. And I was watching them. You know, I think the the one moment that really I was like achy was leaving there and feeling like, oh, if this doesn't come through. What happens now? It's cause, because I got it bad right. once I saw all these people and they're like unitards in the hallway. Yep. <laughs> I was like, this is the this is the, you know, it's the circus life for me. That's it.
0: I, I had a, a friend who, um, when I was in school, and he started as a tech, I think he started in, like, a, a there was, like, a tech division and, like, an acting division. Mm-hmm. And he started in tech, and, you know, he had gone to, like, uh, theater camp and things like that growing up. And he would see us, like, rolling around on campus in, like, our all-black, like, clothes, like, preparing <laughs> for a movement class. And he switched the next year. He was, like, I he was like, I just, I was so jealous. Like, I have to seeing, do it. Like, I need, I just I have to need be to in like, the, explore this around if I with could. you could. Well, well, let's dig into it. Like, can you talk <laughs> a little bit about the training at CMU? Yeah. So, what was the difference? I mean, I don't know if this is important, but mm-hmm. I know that they walk a very fine line between, like, what is an acting major and what is, like, a musical theater major and, like, what the difference is Sure, are or... sure.
1: So, the the MTs there essentially it's sort of like a double major in that you do everything that the actors do, plus you sing and dance. Okay. And that's what I love so much about that program is like, it's really, really an actor's program first, um, which is just the thing that, I don't know, it was just compelling to me because I love musicals. I always have. But my interests, you know, in storytelling kind of are, are vast, you know, so... Um, it was a re- It's really, really wonderful, comprehensive training in all different kinds of styles. I mean, like, you're doing viewpointing from stuff from City Company and stuff from Lecoq, and um, you know, obviously like Stanislavski, and yeah. uh, you're doing. Uh, there's a. There's a. There's sort of a point when like some of the acting majors do like a so, whole thing in Suzuki that we don't do because we're also taking ballet and jazz and. Uh-huh. Talent. Um. But, yeah, it's just a really well-rounded education education and and it was so inspiring to me and also to be surrounded by really to learn from the the faculty but also the my classmates, you yeah. know, like you're looking at all of these really talented people who are at different places in their growth and you're learning just as much from them as you are from from uh, the teachers, you know yeah yeah
0: what was was there any show at school for you that was very clarifying in a way of like, wow, I can didn't think i could do that or
1: oh man
0: something that pushed you there's sort
1: of so many i mean i feel like you're kind of always being (laughs) pushed i know you're sort of always being pushed there which is amazing um i did golden boy the musical the same old sammy davis musical golden boy in my my junior year and that was sort of my first time like uh you know you don't perform till you're junior senior there so that was sort of my first like time like leading a show there that was like and and a, a sort of legitty, I mean, he's a jazz singer, but sort of a legitty right. thing that sort of felt like a challenge. and Yeah. Um, yeah, but I had so, so, so many. I mean, one of the th- things I think about a lot is um, there's this project there you do your freshman year called Icons where you basically pick a monologue, you pick a piece, and then maybe I shouldn't share this actually because i realize like if they're like yeah, yeah. incoming mts this might be spoilers right but but it's basically a, a part of the year where you take a piece and then you inhabit uh, cultural icons you can pick that can be cartoon characters or celebrities or you know celebrities as a specific character from a film or something and then you prepare the monologue as performing as all of those icons wow. and then it sort of snowballs from there but that was that was an amazing um, kind of early uh, moment to really think not just about the work but how you approach yeah. the work sort of for sure. what and and so that was like a really formative thing for me cool yeah
0: I have to look down at my note sheet first because I have a yeah. quote that oh, I wanted to oh try to read <laughs> okay. I read uh, in an interview that you did with Browaycom uh-huh, uh-huh. that you went through a lot of school being scared hmm. And that something clicked in your senior year and you realized that there was no room for fear. And as soon as you made that decision, everything <laughs> took off. And I'm wondering if you could elaborate on that, because I think that's such an important lesson.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's funny. I I was very young when I said that. And it's funny to think about the way things evolve and your, your, um, the, the way experience and wisdom kind of shifts your ideas about those things you know i think it's it's sort of absurd to me now to think about eradicating fear like that's Mm. not that's not something that can happen because it's part of being a human being and so i think the thing that i was trying to express that i understand with even more nuance now is like uh you can't let fear drive your car your proverbial car right and so like, I love uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer, like, talks about this all the time when she talks about sort of creativity and fear and sort of making room for fear and saying, hey, come in, sit here with me. There's there's space for you here, but you're just not in charge. And I think I think that's sort of a better way for me to think about it now than, like, sort of, like, a moment when I decide, like, I decided young that, like, I'm not going to be afraid anymore and, you know, that that's because it, it, you you experience fear it's just part of it and in mm-hmm. some ways the older you get the more fear uh there is that arises because when you get older and you have you have the experiences of things not going the way that you planned them or the mm-hmm. way that you wanted all the time and you know what it's like to have your heart broken or uh you know that that that's that you have a whole new set of anxieties that can arise Mm -hmm. so now i just think about making making space for that and um also reminding myself that uh fear fear can be there and fear is not in charge it's not the enemy it's not it's not the enemy but it's also not the boss yeah yeah Yeah, well that nails it yeah i think (laughs) i think that's better but it's but it is fun you know it's i i do think i'm speaking in that when I was t- talking about that in that moment, mm. it, it was sort of an experience of being like, I'm afraid and I can do it anyway. Uh-huh. I can be brave anyway. And and also, I think, even more than fear, just sort of a big kind of general idea, the things like comparing yourself to others, like, um, like worrying and confusing worrying with work, mm. like confusing... Um, talking about something a lot with anxiety as preparation which is like a big thing i did in college you know it's I can't like believe you just said that you know like that yep. you call like the, like we were doing we were all doing that we were on the phone being like oh who's going to get cast I can't believe as, i have what to do the, this or, or yeah exactly this is talking so about nervous. it and thinking that that was preparation which it's not it's just a waste of time it's just a waste of energy so so yeah so about i guess it's about like focusing that energy cuz fear can be an incredible motivator mm-hmm. fear is the thing that can remind you how much you care about something like yeah. sometimes when I'm really afraid I think oh I'm afraid because this is mean something to me yeah and because uh the stakes are high for me because I love it and what a joy or gift it is to love something so much that it's makes you afraid or also that it can be an indicator that you're walking t- towards something that you're supposed to you know sometimes (laughs) I
0: had an English teacher in high school for two years and he once said to me because I was was such a nervous test taker I remain a nervous test taker Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. get very nervous about a lot of things but he once you know kind of saw me panicking by my locker and he kind of just like very simply was like isn't it great to feel something like isn't it great to know you're alive
1: yeah and it was just like this
0: like moment where I kind of like my head kind of exploded because I was like whoa he was like isn't yes. it great to know you're here and that you're experiencing this yes. and I was like
1: wow and that you're doing something that's challenging you or pushing you yeah. out of your comfort zone or um you know now like now it, it, yeah it's just funny to think about because now fear sometimes I'll look at something you know I get something and I'm like oh that terrifies me so that's why I should I should try, try. uh huh <laughs> you know absolutely um absolutely yes but 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 also you know it's such a sort of double-edged sword because it absolutely can cripple you if you give away your power, and negotiating that is that's a lifelong mm-hmm. journey, right? Like, yeah. I'll be very interested to, um, like see where I am with myself in that in you know ten mm-hmm. years from now. Yeah,
0: listening back. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, being like, I can't did, believe you said that.
0: <laughs> right. How did school sort of facilitate your transition from academia to the professional world?
1: Well, the first thing is, it gave me just such an incredible education, was such a huge toolbox of things to draw from and techniques to pull from on days when, like, inspiration fails you. Like, Mm. I had a teacher once say to me, like, technique is for when inspiration fails Mm. to show up, which I think is awesome. awesome. Um, So, yeah, I, I got that. I also got a huge community, which is, like, I cannot say enough about how important that is, both as, like... Well, a network in the business sense barf but also like but like but like people who you can yeah. rely on and people who love what you love and are struggling through all the same things I understand that, that, yes the that... lifestyle all of that and people people ahead of you you know it like extends sort of far ahead and beyond um and behind now you know cuz like getting to know the kids who are just coming out of cranny mill now uh-huh. and but also when i was coming out and having people who had been out 1, 2, 5, 10, 15 years to look to. Um, the other thing is a showcase, you know, mm. which is really helpful because it gives you an opportunity to show your work to yeah. on both coasts. Um, now, I think they, I think they do Chicago sometimes wow. too. Um, you know, I always say about showcase, like in case there's anybody who's like at this point in their journey listening that it's not the be all end all of your life. I think sometimes because when you're in these programs, you can feel like you're right. Arri- it's like the thing that you've arrived at and that the stakes are so high. Mm-hmm. And I had so many classmates that I adored who drove themselves just truly, truly insane for four years. Almost sometimes it feels yes. like
0: it is the weight of, or for three years, like yes. it is the weight of the world. Yes,
1: totally. So, um, it's just an opportunity. It's just it, you know, it, it's a trampoline, and mm. people jump on it to different heights. And it's just one day in a long journey. If you're if you're planning to do it for a long time, yeah. But it was sort of very very beneficial to me, and uh, sort of started my my journey here in the city.
0: Um, can you talk a little bit about? Uh after you showcased mm-hmm. was it then that you immediately started working with new representation or had you been working with somebody throughout
1: school? Yeah. Or? I hadn't you know, I had representation as a as a um kid. Right. And then I was very serious about school and went to college and I sort of uh was still in touch with those people um commercially. Um but yeah, it was I think it was sort of important to me coming out to, to kind of Start somewhere fresh and with people who knew me as a, as uh, I was gonna say a grown up, but I wasn't really a, well, a man child, yeah, <laughs> like at that sure. point. Um, so, so yeah, I like I ended up signing out of showcase with a boutique agency in New York that a lot of, um, my sort of CMU here MT heroes, like people yeah, yeah. like Patina Miller and Megan LT and with. Leslie Odom, yeah, people that I was like looking up to had signed with, and um, they were wonderful. and. I I was kind of fortunate enough that I'd sort of started to work a little bit before I graduated, which is unusual because they don't they don't um encourage that I think in a lot of these in these programs, you know, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But there is that there's that hard moment when you're kind of straddling the the sort of transition between school and the and the and the professional world and it's like they know that that's the goal, so they sort of have to let you go. So yeah. I just I kind of got lucky in that you know all of my school requirements had really been met, and that uh, I was able to do these two actually a musical at the the Old Globe in the winter of my mm-hmm. senior year, and then and then um, come back and showcase, and then do this play at Second Stage Uptown, which is. Got it. I um, need
0: you to I need you to talk about the kingdom audition oh yeah and all of that i haven't thought of that in so long yeah that led to in the heights yeah i need you to tell everybody Such about a,
1: that I, I tell people all the time like i'm like you know i just uh, well this is i'm not answering your question but i was just at williamstown mm-hmm. this summer and did a lot of like we had the great experience of being really close to the with the apprentices and uh-huh. like it like a non-equity There's, company. In yeah, yeah, and learning so much from them, and we and being able to offer like whatever little bit we learned to them. And, yeah. Um, I was talking a lot about like sort of life's sort of synchronicities and connections, and how important it is to be open and kind and generous to people, and to try to help people connect because because people will do it for you, not just because people will do it for you, because it's because it's what we should all be yeah. doing, but also because the the world does sort of work that way, that people are looking to help you, you know and and the time the funny thing about um in the heights is like I had I knew that the tour was being cast, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, I would do anything to be like tree number four. I was uh-huh. like, you can literally You'd make a tree like... and put me behind the bodega and I would be like, so thrilled Mm -hmm. and so i had been on this kind of really in retrospect really tenacious campaign to like get myself an audition for in the heights and like writing to anyone who i thought could help love it and it's really like a lot of cool things sort of happened from putting myself out there that way but i i finally got to go in for my first call for this and then that same week or like within the week. Billy Porter, who had mm-hmm. taught me, who had come to be a guest teacher a lot at school, yeah. recommended me for this musical, Kingdom. They were having trouble um, replacing this actor named John Rua, who actually is now doing a lot of cho- choreography, but he he's also sort of Heights' family, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. And they, and then another classmate of mine, someone who was a senior when I was a freshman also recommended me, so there was sort of this weird thing, and Michael Cassara brought me in for this musical, And I did some material for them, and they were like, uh, you know, and it was going well. And they were sort of like, we just want to hear, like, we just want to hear like more, because it's a hip hop musical, more rap from you. We just want to. And I was like, well, I just, I literally just this week auditioned for In the Heights, so I had prepped all this In the Heights stuff. And by pure coincidence, the musical director of this musical was was the associate on In the Heights, and so he was like. I he was like I play on the heights all the time and so we just kind of like impromptu did this stuff from in the heights and and then I got that job and then I spent my my winter of my senior year in San Diego at the Old Globe doing this awesome really moving musical about about gang va- violence um, and it's just wild how like one experience prepares you for another know, you know, know that way and
0: Wow. Yeah. But I, I, I'm often sometimes asked to speak. Um, I did a program with the American Theater Wing called Springboard NYC, which mm-hmm. I love. And I did it when I was in college, and I, I go back a lot to talk to the current classes. And something that I always bring up with them is this idea of being scrappy as hell.
1: Yeah. And it's like, yeah.
0: you do what you need to do to yes. get yourself into the room. Yes. If, yes. You, if you can back up, what you're offering this isn't like any audition that mm-hmm. i'm interested in i'm gonna just write to them about, yes of but course if you, you like you know really connected
1: right. to this material you yeah. know you have something unique to offer, to offer. and you've prepared like and you've, you've right.
0: seen the material you know the material you're a part of this world then by all means do what you need to do so i yes. love the idea of going on a campaign trail too yeah get yourself in the room and look what
1: happened yes and the dream ended up being so much bigger than I than I thought it was when I sort of set out you know so I always am like you know encouraging people it's like and you can do it in a way I think sometimes people feel like they feel scared or they feel like they're worried about how they might come off or be received and it's like if you're just authentically passionate about what you do and what you have to offer like no one's coming to hand it to you I mean some very few lucky people but most people no one's coming to handle hand it to you on a silver platter so it does sometimes require like you know being unafraid to be like that's a good fit for me and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of show you show you and chase it and what's the worst thing that could happen people Mm -hmm. say no you know Um, and yeah it's like I'm sort of really grateful that I was like as brave, yeah. weirdly brave as I was in that, At that time. moment, yeah.
0: What um, what did you immediately notice about the difference between the rehearsals and the rehearsal room that you had sort of been used to in college, mm. and then transitioning into the professional rehearsal room that January?
1: Yeah. Well, I felt very prepared, actually. I really did. Um, but there's also this kind of thing that happens where you realize. I think the transition from school to the real world is. So fascinating because you sort of your whole world has been this really insular thing. It's like you have all this history with these people. You you you're actually an ensemble together. You've made all of this work together. You you have this kind of um sometimes this sort of a illusion competition thing with 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 those people who are around you. And then you sort of realize that like your life isn't ending in that moment. No. It's it's the just starting Mm -hmm. it's just starting and so you get out into the world and there's this big kind of open space um so yeah i found i found it to be really exciting and i just was like a sponge at that point i just wanted to learn as much as i could from anyone and everything and just soak up soak up uh you know and like uh new york is so incredible the way like you can find yourself so quickly around all of these amazingly talented people who you've so admired and, like, yeah. they're, you know, it's just really cool that way. That mm-hmm. Like, it's a city where everybody's just kind of rubbing up against each other. It becomes real. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's incredible to sort of finally accept or join the party. Yes, yes. Air quotes, you Sure.
1: Know. But, of course, it's also, like, of course, I, you know, those early days are intimidating, like, I remember the feeling of walking in and seeing all the tables set up for you know my first play yeah. in New York and my heart feeling the like it was going to come through. The <laughs> the labels, and the yeah. binders. And... Yes.
0: Well, um, talk to me about. Um, I wanted to just sort of I, I would be remiss not to talk about *In the Heights*. Yeah, quickly, but sure. I just, what was it about that experience that you feel everything? up until that point, had prepared you for. I mean, that was truly mm. leading the company. Yeah. What uh, what do you think in particular allowed you to step into those shoes?
1: I don't know if there's anything in particular that allowed me as much as it's just like a kind of trial by fire. I mean, you're just doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're learning as you go. Yeah. I was incredibly, incredibly um, enthusiastic and just like bursting with – Joy and gratitude and and energy and fear and yeah. all of those things, and it 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 was intense because you're like not only are you learning how to lead a company, lead a big commercial show, but right. you're also touring the country. So you're in a different city every week, and you're in a different climate, and you know like mm-hmm. you're you know boiling, and then you're freezing, and you have allergies. It's adapting and then, to so much. Yeah, it's a lot of it's ad- adapting to a lot, and I'm really glad. I did it. I'm really glad I did it when I was young. young. Not um, that you're not young now, but that's right. That's right. But like when you first graduated really school
0: is it's, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But um, yeah, it was like just hugely sort of strength and character building, and um, I think that like yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. It was just yeah. really it was a really full, full, ex- rich experience. And like such an amazing part to play and always something to discover, you know, even 500 uh, performances in. so later, yeah. Yeah, like something to mine and and, and and an amazing thing for me to share with my dad, especially, who is Latino, he's Puerto Rican. And so for, and he actually, it was a rare instance where he discovered something theater before me. Oh, really? Like he saw it when it was off broadway and was like you have to see this thing wow um and so to be able to like do something that's really joins you up. yeah with that part of my heritage mm-hmm. and to wave those flags every night and i mean he was really like he's a stage dad like he, and he was obsessed with in the heights he saw it like 60 times or something like that he bought like he paid in an in a um equity PC what is it? I can't think of the letters. Equity Fights AIDS. Oh, yeah. B- Broadway Bark Cares is equity, equity Fights, Fights AIDS. AIDS. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, auction to, like, get a walk-on and, like, did, like, a little, like, pass-on <laughs> walk-on. So
0: That's so beautiful, though. Beautiful. That, that's really
1: sweet. It's a beautiful experience to share with him. And he was so excited. And, like, I mean, he, my dad's, like, the most social, like, such a people person. So he'd be like... Texting me, being like, I, I met this nice doctor and his wife in the bathroom. Can they come back and, and meet you after? And you're Fine. like, all right. <laughs> so, I have to do this. Making friends everywhere. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow. But it was It was like, I mean, it, to be doing that at that age, having loved musicals for so long was surreal and Triumphant. incredible, yeah.
0: Well, let's jump around just a little bit. Yeah. Um, just in terms of Gloria, the yeah.
1: play. Yeah, yeah. Which is an intense
0: play. Yes. And I don't want to give anything away in case people haven't seen it. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk about working with the director, Evan, is Cabinet, Uh correct? Correct. Uh, On building suspense throughout that play. Huh. If that was something that was discussed in the rehearsal room, or if it was something that you maybe discovered, Mm because I was kind of scared out of my mind. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Brandon Jacobs Jenkins is such a genius. He's just so brilliant. And so a lot of it is just in the writing, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, Evan is like such a dream to work with. He's such an easy, kind of laid back, warm, supportive, patient energy. Mm. Um, He's like the kind of person you really want around in an emergency because he's just very like even keel. Uh Um, But... I think together we were negotiating, like, how much suspense, how much tension, what was tipping the hat too far Mm. or not. um, How we were, you know, some of us are playing multiple characters. So how we were sort of shaping the differences between them subtly Mm. and the similarities. Um, And... That was just such a great experience because it was such a great play <laughs> and it was such a great company and so much fun to make. And we actually took it out of town to Chicago right. too, to the Goodman, which was a really cool experience because we got to play it in a really big house, um, which worked in some in some ways even better because mm. it forced us to slow down, actually. Like we we had to slow down. There were more of them. They had to laugh longer. And I think people heard even more Mm. of the play because in New York, in the small space, we were doing it at sort of like a rapid fire. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I love that play and it's terrifying. And, you know, like I always try to do, I've been really fortunate and try to do work that is in line with my sort of socio-political beliefs and, Mm -hmm. and that is kind of you know, pushing boundaries and forcing people to sort of think about themselves.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. While they're in the theater. Yeah. What did you pick up any tools along the way of that play to sort of turn off at the end of the night?
1: Because that's heavy. Mm, It was heavy. I think what's funny about that is because of the um, because of my unique track, some of the weight was not I don't want to give away give like spoilers about it, but the weight was not on me sort of. Right. And so in, even though it was a very dark thing. Yeah. Uh somehow it was easier to kind of Easier believe. for you to escape. At yeah. The end. But I definitely have had the experience of struggling with that mm-hmm. and like the thing I think of immediately is The Flick wh- right. which is um an extraordinary play by Annie Baker and um I was so fortunate to get to play that like unbelievable role, but uh, playing an incredibly depressed person mm. and doing it for sometimes seven hours a day Yeah. and literally like sweeping popcorn seven hours a day and feeling like my spine, like, um, was literally out of alignment yeah. and like, and, and also that play didn't have a catharsis. So you're doing all of this stirring and kind of winding and never snapping. Mm. Um, uh, but the the kind of gift I had immediately after I did the flick was this play, this Tarama Craney play called Head of Passes, mm-hmm. that I did with Felicia Rashad, who had to do the one of the most um, challenging, unbelievable things I've ever seen an actor do uh, in my life, and I watched it from so close, <laughs> eight times a week, which was such a gift. But yeah. it was basically like it's based on the book of Job, so she has like all of these. Horrible things happen to her. Her children die and her house, a storm, you know, washes her house into the ocean. And the third act is this very kind of Greek aria with just her and her God sort of dealing with her faith and, you know, begging and pleading and demanding and sobbing and wailing and thrashing. And watching her do that and be able to release it every day was so meaningful and like inspiring and informative to, to just have an example mm. that you can really push yourself to the brink and let it move through you and not hold it grip it yeah so i i sort of feel like that those two kind of lessons together were like they felt sort of like cosmic me cosmically paired or something for me but um you know it's impossible for your work not to for the work not to get inside of your, your body. It's yeah. in your head. It's, uh, but learning to develop um, a practice, self care practices, and learning I think really just for me, reframing instead of thinking about so much muscling and gripping and making things happen and churning, to do more like allowing and releasing mm-hmm. and making space for these emotional events, you know, to helps. Mm-hmm.
0: And what a full circle moment working with her. Yeah. After everything that you'd, you know, your
1: whole life. So yeah, it was <laughs> I really don't have words for it. Yeah, yeah. I can't. And then imagine. we also did um we did it in New York, NLA. We also did midsummer nights dream together in the park. Yes. So I do want
0: you to talk about the park. Oh yeah. I just I mean if you had to describe what it's like standing on that stage and doing it, how do how would you even begin?
1: Yeah, it's such a it was such a bucket list thing for me. I think it yeah. is for a lot of New York actors, but I had always dreamed of it and, and like grew up going to see things there. Of the public, which has become such a kind of amazing artistic um, place for me, space, home, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, Um just to be to be a part of that legacy is so incredible. Yeah, and and but but there's just like so much joy. There's so much joy. There's so many people, you know, and and then there's nature. There's this <laughs> there's the sky and the and the stars and the moon and yeah. and like it's unlike any experience. It, experience and and to do a play like that, which is also takes place outside and is was so that production was so buoyant and joyful and had yeah. such great music written by Justin Levine. And I had so many kind of pinch myself moments walking. And also it was hard work because you're like yeah. teching during the day. So, so like right. in the, you know, you're like in a hundred degree weather sometimes, mm-hmm. like with that sun beating down on you yeah. and there are like, you know, it's like so glamorous to <laughs> be a part of. And also you're in an outdoor theater. So there are bugs in your mouth mm-hmm. and insects crawling on your face and there's raccoons Everywhere, For literally sorry. everywhere. Yeah. So so it's like <laughs> kind of like uh, it is a woodsy experience mm-hmm. in that way, you know?
0: So we had a little bit of a set change. <laughs> it, was,
1: it was a really, it was a real like Ripley Greer moment. A moment. Talk we, about actors on, in process. Right.
0: So we're in process of changing studios. We're now sitting <laughs> in a very dark room on the floor. Yes. New mic set up, but we're going to continue until somebody knocks us out of this room. Great. So. I don't even remember where we left off, but
1: my, yeah, I think my we're pages about the park. are
0: all out of order. We mm-hmm. were talking about the park, but you answered the question that I really, really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. My next question is about Blue Ridge.
1: Oh, yes. And
0: I just wanted to say that I saw that play. I think I saw like one of the first previews of it, and it was truly one of my favorite things I have ever seen.
1: Thank you so much. I was
0: so moved by it. I thought that you were all some of the best actors I had, like, ever seen. Everything just worked so beautifully together.
1: Thank you. That's and I very just, generous. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. I, I,
0: I wanted you to talk to me about, like, what is it like for you finding and locating a character? So let's, like, mm. say Wade, for instance. Uh-huh. Uh, what is... How do you walk into the first rehearsal or the audition?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Blue Ridge was one of those experiences, like, that you just... <laughs> Like kind of live for, or that I sort of live for, which is like mm-hmm. when you get something and you read it and you just are so ex- excited by it. And I and I it like sometimes makes me like manic when I when I read something <laughs> I, I like that much. And then I find myself kind of pacing around my apartment, and feeling like oh I have to. Do sometimes you just feel so strongly like I have to do this. And then you know, and then you have to kind of release your attachment to that and be like I get to do this even if it's just in an audition room for five minutes, I get to do this. And that's awesome. So that was, that play is so brilliant and it's so um, nuanced and subtle and so rich um, in detail, in like little human detail, which is the thing that I love so much about making it. And being with a group of actors who are also super interested just in like, human behavior yeah and it kept over the course of the run I mean it changed quite a bit because they did a lot of cutting and we had to do some there's a lot of overlapped dialogues so we had to do some overlapping on un, some unoverlapping, uh-huh. wow. for the space um, as we sort of transitioned it into a theater um, but it just kept sort of deepening and growing and deepening and finding like it was like a play of like a million little tiny moments between people, little wins and losses of like mm-hmm. relationships. Um, but I think, so So I think, you know, the, the blueprint for any character is the language, right? It's just, it's the words. Um, but what was cool about Wade is then there's a lot of discussion about like how he sounds, how his, mm. um, how his experience with his like racial identity informs the way he Talks and how and and to whom when you know it's like sort of very subtle play with like code switching for lack yeah, of a better yeah. of a better word but but also yeah that that sound that kind of Appalachian sound is so evocative you know mm. and like we had such an amazing um, dialect coach so really trying to figure out how he um, sounds and moves and sits you know and like how he takes up space yeah. and how he covers for, like, the the things that are going on with him emotionally. Um, it was just really rich. There's a lot to sort of dig in. But and do you I,
0: walk in sort of having ideas of all of that, or does it occur to you huh. in the rehearsal room?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess the first thing I do, I don't do a lot of... Um, preparation necessarily before I, before a rehearsal process because I really like the discovery in the room and I like to play I like the ensemble um but when I think when I'm prepping an audition definitely I'm mm. thinking about like how do this person how does this person sound um you know wade was like a game of like card sh- like revealing cards or not yeah so that's a I think a lot of what I thought about is like when he tips his hand kind of mm. um and yeah i sort of i definitely in in that circumstance you know like being sort of a you know biracial person like thinking a lot about like my personal experiences how you know how they relate to wades and yeah. um but then you know it's great because you're working i always think of it as it's like working in layers you know you like work with the text and you work with your memories and then you work with all of the things that just occur to you that feel sort of like like magic or something like mm. they come and then you're also getting feedback from outside from the writer's vision and from the director's vision and you're mm. always kind of like stirring it like a stew or something you're yeah. just like a little more of this a little less of this sometimes that's what it
0: sometimes like. i'm even really inspired by sometimes I, I in one instant recently one instance recently I had a, a dramaturg kind of come over to me and mm-hmm. she just had like one thing in my ear and she was like I don't want to step on any toes and I was like what do you mean step on my toes it was like that's so brilliant. Really. I had never yeah. thought of it like that yes and it's sort of, it, one little seed can change
1: yes so much. being being open to receiving those things from the outside is so important and equally important is maintaining your own intuition right. you know like maintaining trusting. your own, trusting the gut Impulses. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, if you
0: manipulate or change too much, you're falling off track of what you're totally. So, like
1: be, being able to like, I feel like one of the, especially doing new plays, which is I do a lot of, is mm-hmm. like, that's a skill I'm always like working on and cultivating. Is like, how do I? I'm always trying to bridge my ideas with other people's ideas in a way that's seamless and yeah, you know, to be able to do my 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 favorite thing as an actor, and I hope. I've tried to do it. Is like to be able to do as many things at once as you can, because that's what because human beings are so complicated. Well, the you thing know, that I want to
0: forgive me if I'm like complimenting you, but
1: this idea—you are kind of like
0: the master. I feel like of how you make it seem so real and intimate on stage, mm. but yet the audience doesn't miss anything. We always hear you. We you you do so, you walk such a fine line of making it seem like you and the person you're speaking with on stage are the only person in the room, but yet we are all so included in it.
1: Thanks. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear and, like, really grateful for that. I I don't know. I think it's – I think um, – I think <laughs> – I'm not sure. I think that, like, obviously there there are unavoidable technique things about being on a stage. Sure. And there are definitely times when, like – and you learn a space as you go, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you start out, like Blue Ridge is a perfect example of something that we worked in the room so intimately, like, mm. so t- like, like really cinema, small, tiny, tiny, tiny. And we could do that, we had the luxury of doing that. And it was amazing. And there were times when it felt so real that yeah. really like, really, really the noise all of the actor noise in your brain would, would really quiet and I would have spells where I'm like, oh my God, I'm really just like living here with these people this thing. Um, which sounds a little like no. but it's cool. No. Um, but yeah, no. so learning learning the learning the space and figuring out you know that's why it's so great when you can really trust a director who mm-hmm. can help you help you sense when you're reaching the back of the house right. right. And it was a process kind of opening up that show and opening it up just just enough, enough that it reaches without losing the intimacy. because mm-hmm. I love that feeling. I love to watch, like that's why I was, like I'm thanking you so much for that because that's I love to watch other actors do that, yeah. create that kind of intimacy where you just feel like you're in someone's like most private moment. It's really thrilling. There are yeah. all kinds of thrilling theater, but I, that really gets me going. And I've had a lot of good fortune working on stuff like, like the flick, for example, in a theater the size of the Barrow Street, right, right. where you where you blink and, and it reads. Everyone knows what's mm-hmm. going on. Which is also so scary. so much happening
0: between the lines yes. as well.
1: Yes, but it's really good practice learning like, oh, like every inch of my... Uh, Instrument. He's telling a is story. He's telling a story, you know? He's mm-hmm. telling a story. You don't have to work so hard in some instances. Yes, yes.
0: You have to work hard, but yes. you just don't have to show it. Totally. I have to ask you the finale.
1: Okay. <laughs> which I always
0: hate, but I love the question. Yes. Uh, I worded it a little differently for you, so pardon me as I look at my notes, but uh-huh. I basically wrote as a native New Yorker. Yes. I read that you made a promise to yourself at eight years old (laughs) that all of this would happen to you someday, and now it's here. So as has become tradition, I'd love to end with a love note from you to the American theater. What makes you keep coming back, Mm -hmm. and why does it continue to ignite your soul?
1: Well, that's also something I probably said when I was very young, and literally eight I, I, when I was literally eight. Oh, yes, <laughs> but I think I said that about right, being late when I was. Yeah, yeah, but sure. I, but I but I think that the the uh, the truth of that is that I always wanted to do this. I always thought it was like the most magical thing, and I have such. Um, I don't. I try not to take myself too seriously, but I take the work super seriously. And I have a lot of reverence for it and for the people who do it. Like, I, my life is full of just the most extraordinary people who get up on stage and bear their whole souls for people and then just take the subway home, you know? Okay. And it um, takes so much strength and vulnerability uh, to do that. I think that theater is... Um, theater is in ancient heart form. And there's something just so essentially human about our need to tell s- stories and our um, desire to connect in that way, to like reflect uh, ourselves back to each other, to kind of learn about the human condition together and to provide catharsis and, and empathy and perspective. Um, it's fundamentally human and I think in this day and age where there's like so much chaos it's kind of crucial because not only does it lengthen people's attention spans um, but it creates community it um, teaches us to be able to empathize and identify with people who might be different than Mm -hmm. us it teaches us that we're not alone. It's literally like an examination of every facet of being a human being and it's also like so so there's those kind of big things for me that make me really passionate about it. I also think it it has the power to create enormous social change, sometimes very slowly, incrementally, but um you know, I'm always trying to expand My sort of little like mission statement for myself is to like expand the breadth of how men of color are seen in the world and to kind of render um, men of color with as much like sensitivity and complexity and um, vulnerability and strength and all, you know, like as much as I possibly can, even if I could just my tiny little corner of the world sort of expand that. Um, But on a selfish level, like I think it's like magic I think it's a craft that's like magic. So I watch people like, you know, I was at Williamstown this summer with Essa Pathan-Murkerson and Dee O'Connell. And I watch these people um, who are ahead of me. And I think like it's worth it. It's yeah. worth all of the pain and heartbreak and struggle and just to get, just to try to maybe be that good at it. Right. To maybe, hide the seams a little more, mm-hmm. and to tr- be able to transform more and to be able to uh, make it look easy, because they do, and that inspires me so much. So well, in I just, the way
0: that they've inspired you, I mean, you truly have inspired me.
1: Thank so. you so much. Thank I'm, you for having me today. <laughs> oh, well,
0: I mean, it's been so great. I mean, thank you for playing musical chairs with me around Ritplikers <laughs> yes, Studios. it was really fun. I'm sure you've enjoyed all the honking horns. Yes, yes. It's New <laughs> York. New York moment. But uh, seriously, thank you so much for Thanks. coming and doing
1: this today. Thank and you. My pleasure. That's it, folks. That's a wrap. Bye. Bye. Bye.